thank you. Thanks, thanks for hanging out for the podcast. Uh, this week, of course, my guest is Mr. Nick Armstrong. <laughs> thank you so much. They are a mighty crowd. They are. Uh, so how 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 long have I known you, Nick? Maybe 12, 14 years. Um, I started in, at IO West in two thousand one, and you were my level five teacher. So two thousand one, fourteen years. Yeah, fourteen, 14 years. years. Oh shit! Uh, Jeez, that's a long yeah. time. That's that's a long time to know someone. <laughs> it is. Uh, I would. I was gonna say you. There was a thing I remembered. You and Brian did a show that was basically like <laughs> khaki versus miles, right? Yes. Because <clears throat> Brian was Brian Brian O'Connell is clearly an acolyte of mine. <clears throat> and you were taking on the role of an acolyte of of, of uh, Craig Kikowski's. and I always thought that was that was funny. Uh, <laughs> what are you, why are you laughing? At that it was it was awful because <laughs> it was great because Brian and I were like, let's do this show because you're you know you're really milestone, you're really khaki style. Let's bring it together. We promoted it as like Miles and Khaki, and people actually thought it was Craig and Miles, and it got packed. And I think when we came out there, they were like, oh, what the hell is this crap? You guys were there, I think, right? Yeah, well, I, yeah we, we were. <laughs> you should have just I think gone we up there. and played. Because, <clears throat> but we did it, and it was fun, and I think some people were disappointed, and other people had a fun time. <laughs> we were really young in our improv careers, too, at that point. So. No, that, that was fun. But I always thought was... You know, fun and, and odd about it. I know that we go about it differently. Like all improvisers go about it differently. Mm -hmm. uh, but like, what would you say is like the? Uh, although you know things have changed because they always do. But w what would you say at that point anyway that y you saw as like the defining difference between like like say my style or khaki style? Uh, well, I mean, you have a very I feel mathematical way about going to improv, and I don't think it's a bad thing. Actually, that's one of the things I loved about your level five class. Position play, I think, is kind of in a way. Um, uh, and, and Khaki has more of a, um, well, he's, he's beyond his crazy specifics and knowledge of every crazy thing in the world. But yeah, he knows the, like, the, the backside of every 45 yes, that's ever been printed. it's nuts. You go on a road trip with them, and it's like, he's a, here's my list of 500 <laughs> songs in order of what I like. He must be so pissed at the... <laughs> You can't put another CD in. Well, that, 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 that the phone exists now. So it's like, we don't need you anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't. can just look up what's on the backside of the <laughs> town dog. Uh, but yeah, I would say he's, um, uh, you know, more loose in that sense of um, playing more emotional stuff, I guess. And like, not like you don't, but I, I just think like um, you play that more math where he doesn't play it as much. That's interesting because you, I, I assume you studied with Khaki as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was uh, level six, and then he <clears throat> taught me the JTS for three years after that. So I'm thinking a lot of like what you're saying because I, I don't know, I, I never had Khaki, uh, but I, I'm guessing you're getting a lot of that from his teaching, mm -hmm. how he teaches it. Yes, yes, exactly. I mean, he, you know, he definitely has a, a, a way of teaching and, and identifying things and, and where to take it and stuff like that, but you know. Before he taught me the Herald, he taught me the JTS Brown, which is kind of like an interesting place to start, right. you know? So my improv training went a little backwards to something very advanced, back to something very basic as a Herald. So um, uh, he very much taught me about the theatricality of improv, the theater, you know, of it. Uh, 
the the art of it uh you know where anything could happen the transforming and kind of all that kind of artsy improv stuff of it it's like that that's something that dell very much wanted Mm -hmm. was it for improv to be more theatrical more more artsy i think i think that's where probably at least some of that comes from Mm -hmm. uh i know mick napier did a lot of work in chicago too with the editing in the main stage shows at Second City as far as trying to bring more of a theatricality to the uh, the sketch shows there. <clears throat> I always say that because I am very mathematical in the way I analyze it. Yeah. But I, I also tend to think, mm-hmm. although it depends on when in my life you're talking about. Well, uh, cause 14 like, years ago. 14 years ago. <laughs> when you yeah. taught me. <laughs> no, yeah, because I, I can see there was a lot of, it was a bit of anger yeah, <laughs> going on. At- well, you you would always say, and I always teach my student, you know, like if you want to explore someone's behavior, where it comes from, you know, you take them to what is it, to their place of work, their place of uh, faith, and their their home or something like that. No, That's the, the, exactly the, what you say. I'm sorry, it's been 14 years. It's been 14 years. Well, of course, my lessons have changed as yes, well. But, but, uh, I, now I would say, if you want to explain anyone, anyone on the planet, it's two things. How are they raised? What events shaped them? Yeah. That's it. That's, Great. That, that explains all of us. The new miles. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, 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 because, no, well, but, I mean, you had a way of explaining it very well that I really connected to. That was very easy for me to understand. And, I, you know, when I'm learning this, you know, it was it was nice to go, oh, okay. And that was where it was leading to. How do they behave? How, how do they, did their parents give this behavior? How do they become this way? What happens as a result of their behavior? Right. That's explored, you know. So that's kind of all came from that. It's just, it's, it's always interesting to me to like to, like uh, I have students, I was saying, I think on last week's podcast, like I, 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 I can say, like I, I actually, I was, I'll, I'll drop it, I'll drop a different name so I'm not always dropping <laughs> her name. Uh <clears throat> But like I, I, I taught khaki, yeah, right. But khaki I taught in the first improv class I ever taught. <laughs> so, it's I mean there were some very good people in in that room, uh, and I remember like I was definitely headed in the direction I, I was going to go, but I would say things, and this is back then I would say things like that was a bad move, <clears throat> and back then, especially back then, you could not say something was a bad move. Uh, there were no bad moves. Everything's just an opportunity. And I always took issue with that. Like, if there are no bad moves, and what are bad shows made up of? Just all great moves? Uh, so, yeah, there's bad moves. But the thing back then was I knew it was a bad move, but I didn't know why. I just, I just knew it, but I couldn't say why. So that, so that note actually became kind of useless. Yeah. Uh, so Khaki and guys of that time had to struggle through, me struggling through. through your l- learning. Learning how to say what it is I knew. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think I, I, I like to bring, I see it as like mathematical in the sense that the way I analyze it, yeah. uh, the way I look at it, the way I try and explain it in a way that makes sense. But then it's always the last rule is, all right, you walk on stage and you chuck all that yeah, because now it's, it's in your head or it's not. So now I'll just listen, react, have fun. And you brought up something interesting. I'm going to interview you now, Miles. Um, but you brought up something interesting. Like you've changed over the years as a teacher, and like I feel like that's a great. Like you have to kind of evolve with. <clears throat> I don't know if you just get better with maturity of, of whatever it is, or you just watch so much of it and see it. But like, I, I just think that's. I feel myself doing that. Like, obviously, from the first time I coached, I had you know you don't have any idea 
what you're doing, really. You're like just taking your improv chops and trying to translate it, and you don't know how to say it right. And then eventually you get that language, but you evolved over the course of how many years have you been teaching? Like I've been teaching for about 22, 23 years. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you think your <clears throat> curve of change has come? It, it's, it, it's, it's still going. I actually, I was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I see it as a sort of, I was explaining this or talking about this with Paul Valencourt when he was on <clears throat> about how it felt like I was building outward. I'm using a hand gesture to describe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was like, it was, it was like a an expanding outward for a long time, where things got more complex. There were more levels of understanding. There were more things that my brain became capable of doing, uh, and then it, that sort of reached a, a semi-critical mass, and then it started reversing itself, where it took all that complexity and started making it simpler and simpler and simpler, uh, and that was when it, the teaching really got better was because then it was more, more easy to convey, and then it was less about how complex I could make it, more about how simple can I, can I make this. Um, yeah, that's actually exactly what's going through my head. I feel like at first I was overcomplicating the teaching, and as I keep doing it, it's getting sim more simple. Just like improv should, I guess, be in a sense. It well, be it's like I, I think any teacher or coach, when they first start, <laughs> there's part of their self that probably is saying, what do I know? I mean, it's just, it's comedy. How do you tell someone else how to be funny or how to, how, how to do this, how to make shit up? Uh, and it's, you're more worried about what you know than you're worried about what you can give the person in, in front of you who basically, who, who doesn't know that, you know, that stage right. Yeah. Uh, Those poor teams that get that first coach, they don't have any idea. You're like <laughs> sweating underneath your shirt, but they have no idea. You're really trying to be like, Tell them what to do. I think that goes on a lot, in, you know, in coaching and, and in teaching. Yeah. I think because you know, I think in a lot of schools, you have to, you know, you have basically good players who are new teachers. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, that's different. It's a different thing. I was, I was, I was real good by the time I started teaching, and I was just terrible teacher for for years. Uh, I mean, I was, I was, you know, solid enough, whatever. But I was like, no, no, I was complicated. I had like these six step processes that you had to go through <laughs> before you responded to a line of dialogue, uh, which, which was actually, it was accurate as far as like, yeah, that is what my brain did, but it doesn't do that on, st on stage. All of that's built in. So my brain just does that and I answer the question immediately. But then I was trying to figure out how to tell someone else what's going on because it's hard because it's so easy for a good player to just, just say, just you know just you know just do stuff that's all you got to do you do stuff you pretend yeah. you make up stuff you have fun uh you can stay you can stand there and do nothing for 30 minutes with that with, with that advice um i have a story when you coached you subbed for me in the night terrors which is our jts brown team <clears throat> um once and um i think honestly you were just in the bar and we were like hey our uh, Bertrando was coaching us because Craig had left at that point. We're like, Bertrando couldn't show up, but do you mind coming and coaching us? <laughs> this is so true. So he goes, yeah, let's go. And so you walked back. You went up. We went up to the loft, and you're like, we're going to start with an opening. And we're like, okay, great. Because um, at that point, we were trying to expand. We weren't, we'd kind of done the JTS for three years, and we were kind of just doing other stuff. It was right. towards the end of our team. <laughs> and so like, um, you're like, all right, uh, just get up. All right, and go. Uh, just no suggestion. It was sure to go. Stop. <laughs> Do it again. 
Okay, go. And he goes, stop. No. <laughs> and then you go, like, no. You, and I swear, for two hours, all we did was that one opening. Right? <laughs> and it was like a mind. Like, I was like feeling a knife being drilled <laughs> into my head. But we were being, like, you were very trying to discipline in us to make a strong choice is what you were trying to do. <clears throat> I see it now. But then I was like, what is happening? Right. And then we just pulled you out of the bar. That was kind of rude of us <laughs> to do. But, That's uh, all that was. was from the, the moment I left the bar, I was like, these fuckers are doing an opening yeah, for two hours. Yeah, you were hours. so mad. You were like, God damn it. How can I say no to this darling cherub? <laughs> you know, um, that's what you're really thinking. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Yeah, I used to do that a lot with like cause stuff like openings. I think a lot of like in, in my teaching, like when, when Dell died, basically I was going to take over his level six back in Chicago. And then I was just like, I was working with people who got to level six and just realized you don't know what you need to know to be in this level. So basically, the level six just becomes me teaching what was then my level five. Because I was basically, I always thought I was preparing people for Dell. It's like, you got to have some understanding of the basics of what's going on here before, even before you step in front of this man. And so that's why eventually I was like, it was just, I, I was, I found no joy in teaching level six. I'm like, I can't work with you because you don't know what you need to know through me. Uh, <laughs> I think, and it's actually just, I think it's true in a general sense. I think, I think the best thing that I I do when I teach is that I can see where someone is in their process and see where they might need to what they might need to know or work on next. Uh, or I think actually Noah was a, a better fit for level six in Chicago because mm -hmm. he was more of a f formally. I mean, he would think in larger forms, uh, and he was you know he's more knowledgeable. I think of the, of the the process in in, in its whole. Uh, but I remember that I was like, I can't fucking teach this because <laughs> you need to know this other shit first. Uh, <clears throat> it's funny because like here I teach the level, the last two levels. Yeah. No, but I've, I've got Brian teaching the stuff. So he's think, prepping them for yeah, he, you. He's basically <laughs> the stuff that I, I want them to know before they get to me because part of me is like, no, you should get me at like level two because you need to know this shit. You need to know it. <laughs> uh, you gave me a... A sweatshirt when you got here, which is very nice, uh, yes. from Camp Improv Utopia. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the idea that uh, – go, go ahead and talk about that because I, I, I want to say something about it, but I, I want to um, have you plug the well, hell out of it. Brian's you know, been involved with me since the beginning. Uh, he's We are um, an improv camp for adults um, out here in California and in Pennsylvania now. And Yosemite, we have one coming out too. So we have three all together. And it's just a place. It's uh, I grew up as a Boy Scout, and so up in California. So I've always been a big fan of outdoors and nature and all that stuff. And and I love improv, obviously. And so I combined the two, and with the help of Brian, Jessica, and John Abbott, uh, we kind of got together and uh, made this rented a summer camp. And you basically do improv, where we hire teachers. And uh, but it's not all about just the teaching. It's about you know camaraderie the community so but you also do like axe throwing and archery and canoeing and stuff like that uh and that's a big part of it so you it's equal amounts improv and like nature stuff uh like a camp like an, honest like, God a, like an actual summer camp <clears throat> uh, you, you know you, you're sleeping in bunk beds and cabins with uh 
10 other people from around the world, you know, and you're meeting people from all over the place and seeing how they do it. And, and stuff it, like it that. fills up. Yeah, it fills it, up. It killed. I mean, you have one on the East Coast now, too. Yeah, one in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the idea of that because to me, I've said it for years, but always, you know, only you know, more tongue in cheek than not, I suppose. But, you know, improv will heal the world was the idea. It's like, why do you improvise? To heal the world. <laughs> uh, just because there's no, there's no real good answer to that fucking question. So I just say, to heal the world. Uh, <laughs> but I see something like that, because I, 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 I can imagine just like, yeah, this sort of thing. Like people just having improv being part of their lives, part of their day-to-day. Like, yeah, we're at the camps, we're doing all this, but we're also, doing, we're also improvising. We're also connecting at this level. Yeah, It's like, I can just see that as another step toward it's spreading even more so across society. Uh, because I, re- I, re- I really do think it, it, it's going to have a profound just because it was funny because uh, last week Heather was on and she asked me, you know, wh- wh- what's the future of, of improv as far as it, it becoming a viable source of income? Sure. Um, I was like, oh, that's, a, that's an ugly question to ask an improviser in my particular status. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and to me, it's like, I was I was thinking about that like and I I don't know that it will ever become I think it will always have a value in what you turn it into, but I think the study of it will become universal. Uh, I think it's too beautiful not to. Yeah. Uh, I you know I I also founded a site called the National Improv Network, which brings all the improvisers. You can sign up; it's free. It's like Facebook, but for improvisers. You submit to festivals you've been to we've been to a bunch together actually in the earlier days um but i see it as like just doing these camps and doing this stuff it's it's you know there's an improv theater you know when we started just let's say 14 years ago when we first met maybe what 10 theaters in canada and the united states maybe all together yeah i don't know but maybe less than that. less than that i mean but we're talking <laughs> now listed on the site 110 theaters yeah. And that's not all of them. Oh, there's probably more than there's that. There's more than that. I mean, in I every go back state. To two yeah. in Chicago. I, oh, yeah. A, a couple miles apart. And, you know, here now, even your theater, you know, it's, you, but like, um, but it's just crazy. And festivals, you know, when again, we, I think we went to the Phoenix Improv Festival a long time ago together, not performing, but. Right. And, um, you know, at that time, maybe five festivals. Now, worldwide, there's like, 150 no, 200 and there's like three in each city you yeah know? it's like crazy io alone has like seven festivals oh yeah there's, 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 <laughs> I, was, I, I was trying to remember off the top of my head how many fn improv festivals are there just in los angeles yeah it's it's crazy uh, but it's nuts i mean it's just it's like you said it's expanding and i just i i see not just you and i who love to do it and love the art of it and things like that but nine to fivers that you know just after they go to work this is their decompress this is their this is their hobby almost too. And and some of them go to the next level, but some of them don't mind just like having a place to be with family. All right. Now, that's what I was thinking about. Like with you starting something like Camp Improv Utopia, I was just like, you don't start that because you're looking for fame, no. because you're looking to get rich. You start that because you love the hell out of what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, don't do it. For I, money. I, <laughs> don't I would, do it. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was. We're we're a nonprofit, so our profits go back to the improv community. We build stage stages for theaters and help them build. And that's always like me, Brian, Jessica, and John. That's always been. I'm actually thing. also a nonprofit, just not in any sort of governmental 
way. Yes, yes. Well, I guess all improv's nonprofit. Yeah, is that just, what you're saying? <laughs> this is a nonprofit theater. Uh, or it's just a no profit. This, yeah, no. this is a no profit. Uh, all right, do we have any questions for Nick? Question. Uh, yes, sir. You'd mentioned uh, you started off with this really advanced form, and you, I couldn't quite hear what it was. The JT Brown. Oh, gosh. That's so hard to explain. You know, Craig explains it um, as a more of a philosophy of play rather than a form because it really doesn't have a form to it. But it involves transformational edits, morphing into other people and playing their parts, but literally morphing into their bodies. Um, there's short form kind of gamey moves inside of it. So there's like um, an, uh, like a Hemingway which uh, at any point if Miles and I are doing a scene, uh, uh, someone either offstage can go, you know, I go like, you know, you look great. He's, he lied. Someone says like, you know, like implying it's a book <clears throat> right. and gives me my real motivation. Or I can say it myself. I can turn to the audience and be like, you know, you look so great. He, I lied, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And then Miles would pick it up and start doing the Hemingway as well. And then there's a bunch of moves in that. And it's just almost too enhance uh you know the characters and things just like any sort of move you know you didn't do all the moves every show it was just when necessary it was uh but yeah it's a crazy uh it's a crazy theatrical like you know making sounds the theater wasn't just the stage you could have scenes up in a balcony uh on the uh in just in the, the audience or whatever it would and it, that scene would fade out and the scene would come up. It was seamless and no edits at all, no sweep edits. They all had to be transformations. And would it be like accurate that. for me to say that it's, it's a, one of the uh, effects of it in playing in it is it sort of forces the group mind? Yes. Like you all have to be of one mind. Yes. Because you're all doing the same thing kind of constantly. It, it, you, the reason you don't see it much is because it's really hard to do and it takes a lot of rehearsal. And, you know, like the original JTS guys – out of Chicago, I think they made it in the early 90s. TJ Jagodowski, Craig, um, I think <clears> Jack <throat> McBrayer was in it. At point. They had a, a rotating cast, Dave Pasquese, a bunch of those guys uh, in the early 90s started to do it. And did you, were you ever involved in it? Nope. Nope. Yeah, you were too busy in the family. Um, uh, I was too busy <laughs> inventing pretending. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they just, they rehearsed for like a year before they even... Uh, put it up you know but they were also discovering the the, the the philosophy and stuff like that so yeah 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 in fact uh out of all, you've done a lot of traveling and festivals is there one that you really loved um you mentioned the phoenix but any others that oh, if an improviser needs to go to a cool festival oh yeah I love Phoenix. It's like a second home to me. Those guys are like family. It's a great because you play in this huge venue with like a mezzanine. It's like a real theater. Like, yeah. You know, you're like it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, right? What the, the the hamburger, the herburger, whatever, <laughs> the hamburger, what, whatever, whatever, whatever it's called, the herburger, the herburger theater. Yeah, I mean, it's great. And like, I mean, you literally edit and you're winded. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, how far do I have to edit this damn scene? It's a big uh, ass stage. Uh, but that's great, and they treat you well. They put you up. Uh, even teams like they'll—I mean, you have to share it, but they'll—they'll they'll pay for your hotel and stuff. They make it as easy. And then uh, the Detroit Improv Festival is great. Uh, again, I, I always love ones that really take care of their improvisers. These guys at workshops are feeding them in between. They're always having a barbecue. They're—you know—they're making it as you know as cheap as possible to get there. But you're also meeting a bunch of people, so I really like that festival a lot. 
I mean, I've never gone to a festival where I was like, oh my gosh, you know, there's never been that. I, usually people know what they're doing. Um, but those would be my two. Uh, San Francisco Improv Festival, too, in California. Great. They have a great stage. Have you done that one? No. Oh, Miles. I was never big on the on that circuit. Well, I, I think Brian to me, and... Well, to me, because initially it was just like, you want me to pay to go somewhere and fucking do this? You, yeah. You, you want me to pay to go to the middle of nowhere and do this <laughs> where I'm doing it in the place where it was invented for people who give a shit about it. <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> but you did it. You went to Phoenix. You did workshops. Yeah, but it was funny because actually the only time I've ever gone to any festival is because someone specifically called me up and asked me to. Sure. And I was like, okay, because a friend. I was like, okay, I'll, 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 go, I'll go to your festival. Oh, man, that was some fun times. <laughs> Anything else? Yeah, so you're from Sacramento, right? Originally? Yes. Uh, I started in Sacramento, and I was wondering what the scene was like when you were there, what kind of stuff you left behind because um, I, I know I heard your name before I even came to LA um, and then how often do you get to go back and what are your thoughts on it now I grew up there so from zero to 18 and then I was out and there was no improv I mean stand up things like that but there was no improv at all come about uh, five years ago six years ago um, I think there was a the place called the Comedy Spot that's out there now, and I don't know them as well, but I think it's some of that went to UCB or something started up there. But six years ago, two people came to my camp, uh, Betsida and Paul, and uh, out of that became Blacktop. Now, I think, I don't know if they were in the process of it. I don't know if it was like our camp made Blacktop. I wouldn't go that far, but like... Your um, camp made Blacktop. Could be. Uh, but that's when it started, roughly back then and and that's the scene there and there, there could be even more but i every time i go back i i perform and it's like my hometown so like if i go back for the holidays i've already emailed them like hey do you got any shows going on i'd love to jump in it's just nice to go home and have that um we never had it growing up and i wish i did i was more theater because i i did theater as a kid uh, but there was never improv and we didn't have long form out in california really that i knew of until i went to io um I yeah mean, the groundlings was here yeah but that's that's more like second city that's you know it's improv to sketch that's yeah the, what they primarily but they weren't out here yet the groundlings were out here no the groundlings were but uh, oh second city wasn't yeah, no yeah. but and again second city is primarily improv to sketch but groundlings is more sh was more short you know form stuff yeah it was more short forms uh but it was more toward producing sketch yeah yeah uh, but there was nothing like that and so it's just nice to like i don't know go home and and have a place I can call home, and and they're absolutely wonderful people too. So it's been great. It's funny how I mean how quick and it's so easy to to forget how young this art form is. I know it's crazy. It's like like just in Los Angeles, I moved out here fourteen years ago, I think. Uh, so I was your first class. Is so that what you're saying? Were you sweating around around, <laughs> around that? But uh, you know, I got out here, out here. The I.O. was in this building yeah that's right and this you know, the complex theater the mm -hmm. rented space next door uh and then they got their own place up on hollywood boulevard and the ucb when they came out they were playing out of the io west mm -hmm. uh and then eventually they decided to open up their own their own little thing uh, <laughs> over there on franklin and just you know blow up huge yep uh that's all happened in the past you know eight years or so yeah this stuff is young 
Yeah. And, and that's just here. I mean, I, again, I, it's weird to think I go back to, I'm sure there are other things that happened around the country, but as far as I'm concerned, modern long form, as I understand it, started in Chicago in two theaters, uh, the Annoyance and the I.O. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were both in Chicago, about, about a mile or so apart. Uh, and, and now it's everywhere. Yep. Uh, every, pretty much every state. I mean, I could safely say, I mean, maybe not Wyoming, but yeah, uh, fuck Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? Any other questions? No. All right. All right. Uh, well, that's fine. That's why I was thinking. You, fine. You are definitely, <laughs> you are definitely like one of the, you, you're one of the nice guys in improv. <laughs> Everyone, everyone loves Nick. Everyone knows Nick, and Nick is a nice guy. And I'm one of the darker characters. Uh oh. In, in improv, although I, I always find it ironic because I'm sure you, I mean you've we've talked long ago. Uh, it's like and I've always known that you, you're a really nice guy. Uh, and it's like I've never like once I think you talk to me, then it's like oh, he's not a raging asshole, uh, or as much of a raging asshole. <laughs> As I thought he was, uh, I, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking I'm saying that because I've had a few people on here. I'm like, wow, you're just ridiculously nice. Like it's like it's almost like an insult. Like you're you're fucking nice, man. <laughs> What's up with your niceness? Uh, but thank you so much for coming down and doing this. Thanks. Uh, what's going to happen now is me and Nick are going to do a set for you after we clear this table away.
My arm fell off. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> I can't believe it. You said it wouldn't, and then I get the 998, boom, right arm gone. That should not have happened. It, it literally fell off. It, it, just, it, it had to come off of the shoulder. The skin had to rip. I know. And it had to fall off. I know. It's but I had that gunpowder handy, and I got it in there, and yeah. I sealed your wound. You ramboed me. <laughs> so let's get back to it. Okay. <laughs> Mind if I sit? <laughs> no, go, go ahead, son. Uh, your mother wanted me to talk to you. Great. I don't. I don't particularly care to. <laughs> I don't particularly care to have you talk to me. Yeah, well, I don't want her on my ass, so <laughs> we're going to talk. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a good move. That's what I was saying to the principal. He didn't think so. Fucking roller skating. How bad were you? Did you kill him? <laughs> no, broke his nose. You could get killed. You could if I was a little stronger, but I just hit him and just caught his nose. But that sucker bled. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was pouring. <laughs> <laughs> Tissue dead? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. My, my son kicked a little ass today, huh? Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. oh all right. Keep it down. Keep it down. <laughs> I wanted to do more, too. I saw this other bully, Tom Ratman, and I went up to him, and I wanted to, like, just beat his face in it until he just was black and blue, and you couldn't see who he was. It was a little puffy. It was just in my imagination, though. All right. That's it. That's something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a beer. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh Sweatpants underneath the You can leave your sweatpants. Huh? Oh, okay. 
So you used that, uh, your old man tells me you used the roller skate on a guy. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, right in the face, right in the nose. That's nice fucking thinking. Yeah. You're lucky that roller skate was available. Yeah. Well, what happens if it's not available? I use my fist and I pretend really? to. Yeah. You want to hurt your fists? No. What do I use? Anything else. <laughs> Just anything I can grab? Yeah. And real piece of advice don't let them see you coming. Are we gonna actually do any fighting? Or are you just gonna you don't want me to fight you? Because <laughs> you won't see me come. I'll wait till you tie your shoe and I'll hit you with a tire iron. <laughs> that's how you. That's how you win. I have never lost a fight using my technique. Okay. Right? Basically, I start fighting before the fight. Huh. John, I'm just gonna tie my shoe. Uh, I'll be right out in a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! Oh, 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 so much blood! I just kicked your ass! Oh, uh, what? I and that's just one of my war stories! Ow! Why'd you hit me with something, too? I used to work for that guy. What did he do to you? He employed me for several years, paid me well. <laughs> so you're saying, even if someone's nice, they're still getting down on hey, you to hit them? I can't help it when the fight is on. <laughs> Alright? When someone turns their back on me, it's on. Mr. Thompson? Yes? I know the answer. Oh, really? Yeah. So, right. let's see. <laughs> My boys get the Things don't work. 
Yes, they do. Yeah. Well, you're not lying, but you don't yes, know. Yes, you see? Well, you just don't know. I know, apparently. Look, it's, it's true. Calm down, your heart's racing. Of course my heart's racing. You're upsetting me. <laughs> got me into this two-point lie detector test. I got it off eBay. My fingertip and my heart rate? That's what? That's all you measure? That's all I measure. <laughs> I saw it online. I did a tutorial. <laughs> Fine, and get out. Just go there. Go, don't do my stupid thing. You never want to do my stupid things anyways. Like, hey, remember when we wanted to do that softball league? I was like, hey, you want to play? And I'll even let you play first base. Oh, uh, I can't play softball. <laughs> I'm not allowed. <laughs> you see? <laughs> it's, it, was, it, was an, it was an explanation of one sentence, but it took you an hour to complete. Look. I love the woman I'm moving in with. Shelly. Shelly is her name. I love Shelly. Life <laughs> has nothing to do with my deep resentment of you. <laughs> so you're admitting you have resentment of me? And what are the, well, I, I, I despise you. I did anything for you. I'm so do you all? Ah! Hit you so hard. No. What did I ever do? Here, get in the bed. What are you? Right, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm just gonna get you an extra blanket. What? Here it comes. All right. Hey, you need a coat or something nice to go sleep in? No. Oh, yeah, I'll be in the next room if you need me. I Ruby. know where your room is. Don't get out of my room. Rubies. <laughs> yes. Every night. For years, you tucking me in, annoying the shit out of me. Had it. That Shelly is a horrible woman. Horrendous person of a woman, but I'm gonna live with her because of you. <laughs> Fine. Then walk out that door. I, I will. I will walk out that door. And you never, you never look at me. You walk out the door, and if you look at you, if I want to look at you, if I need to feel disgust, just take your jacket. Your jacket. It's cold. Right. It is cold outside. All right. All right. Let me give you some cocoa before. No. You yes. Come. Come. Please. I'm coming, you shrew. <laughs> Dad, I left you. Now we can live together. Good. Now sit down and fuck me. <laughs> sit down and fuck me. Yeah, I'm lazy today. Okay. I don't want to do it. I had a long day. Now sit down and take off your pants. better than my last living arrangement. Oh, it's done. I'm not even horny anymore. You ruined it. I ruined it. You ruined it. I'm going to bed. Fine, right. Good. <laughs> God, you're a horrible person and I'm going to snore in your face. And I'm going to turn the other way. Ah, the sweet sounds of this courtesy. And I'm in your dreamland. Can I get your jacket? No! Hot cocoa! No! I want a hot cocoa! Come here! Fuck me, God! Fuck you! What's wrong with you? Having a nightmare. Always having a nightmare. You're a nightmare. I'm having one every minute of my life. Yes. Yes, I'm bothering someone. 
He's in a motherfucking dreamland. 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 It's your dad. Run away. Run away from them all. Yeah. Your mom's got. Help! It's your mother! She's taking my life away! Skeleton. What are you smiling at? Wake up. I don't like having a happy dream. I was having a happy dream. I was remembering my father for exactly what he was. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh. Do it, dream man. You might help move around it. You're the prettiest girl at the ball. Thank you so much. Oh, my glass slipper. Pick it up and put it on my goddamn foot! <laughs> Prince Charming! <laughs> Shove it on! It's on! Oh my god, good! Since you're down there. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, you son of a bitch. 
bitch. What was that? I learned something new while you were gone. I excited me. Yeah, I hit you with a goddamn chair. That's all I had. Treat me like a buffoon. You think I'm just going to come? You can crawl on your hands and knees and come on back? No. Ten years. 